All right, and we're on air with Perspectives Podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in today. Every episode is a special episode because they're people, the guests are always people who I, I love myself. They're people who I'm interested in myself, and they're people who I think that can bring some new ideas and perspectives to the table that can essentially help our growth and our evolution in this world. Hey everybody, thanks for joining. So today with us is Bernard Ballard, a really good friend of mine and a person who since the day I met him was very intrigued in in your mind and in your soul and in your writing. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. I feel honored, really. Thank you. Um, Is there, so Bernard is a poet, a writer or poet? Poet. A poet here in Harrisburg, uh, Pennsylvania. How many books have you released? 30. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm working on my 31st now. 31st book. Yeah. That's special. Wow. Congrats. Yeah, the 31. Yeah. So 30 books. We have two of them today here. Um, as you saw in the flyer, inside the mind of a mystic creative, right? Like, what does that mean? I know a lot of people are probably like, who is this guy? What does that mean? (laughs) And even when I took uh, Bernard today, what I described him as a mystic creative, it was mainly from, you know, a place of, of magic inside of me that saw the words that he would use in, in, in his poetry and really, really made me feel just like I was in a mystical world that didn't happen, that wasn't able here on earth. And um, so, question then. Okay. <laughs> how did you How did you feel when I said Mystic Creative? Like, what are What are those thoughts like that I <laughs> called you that? You know, and uh, as raw as you and uh, as your feelings are, you know, we're here to non judgmentally listen to other people's perspective, aka Perspectives Podcast. My first thought was, well, I've never been called that before. Mm-hmm. A Mystic Creative. And I thought about it for a moment, and I thought to myself, that is true. I think we all are creative in our own way, but you know, I design clothing, and now I've been doing this poetry thing since 2012. And uh, the mystic part, I have to um, also agree with, uh, there's an aspect of who I really am uh, that is mysterious, that is a mystic. I think we all, you included, have a little bit of mystic inside of us, mm-hmm. and most of us don't believe that because we're taught pretty much from when we're little kids, at least in the West, that we are uh, less than perfect, that we are separated from creator or source or God and that uh, we're unworthy and all that sort of thing and that kind of seeps into our our belief system and prevents us from realizing our higher truth which is that we are all uh, little mystics. <laughs> I love that explanation. Yeah, well, that hit it right on the dot. Oh wow. Well, Thank you. I always felt like 
some of the wisdom, I'm a poet as well, some of the wisdom that has come through me, through my poetry, through my writing, I always was like, I know that people can access this too. And when you, you know, and because that belief system has been so ingrained in us that we are less than and disconnected from source, God, you know, it's very, it, it, there's a defense mechanism that comes after I say that, like, you can do this too. It's like, no, I can't. It's just some type of people that can access that. And I know you've heard this too, and I hear this all the time, and it makes me sad. Mm -hmm. You know, like, no, that's just some type of people. Some type of people are creative like you, or some type of people can reach those higher higher levels of consciousness or, or you know, uncover hidden wisdom. And and I, I don't believe that. And I'm guessing you don't either, but what you just said. Well, I think... That's my perspective. I think that what you're saying is true, that we all have that capability, but if you are, if you have it, uh, if you're taught and you're told over and over and over again that you are, that that's not who and what you are, you know, uh, you begin to believe it and that blocks your ability to be, to actually become it in this life experience. That's a good way to put it. Well, we all have the capability to, but then our own, you know, our experiences, our own belief system then blocks us from being able to access that. It's still there, that capability. Yeah. yeah. You've heard the expression, uh, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to that. I mean, our whole, uh, anything you can look at and see that's, made by human beings was first an idea, was just a thought. And somebody believed in it and made it real. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, simple so as that. Yeah, you, what you believe, uh, we believe that on the physical level, but I think that's also true on, so to speak, a spiritual level. You know, if you believe that you are a bum or that you are Loser. Evil or lose, yeah. <laughs> you know, then think about it. On on the other hand, people who are told you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're uh, special, you're you know, they believe it and they strive harder and more because of their belief system because they believe that they can, they, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Have you always, like, I mean, I know me growing up, like, I was told I wanted to be a yoga, when I first uh, discovered yoga and I wanted to be a yoga instructor, I was told that it's not possible, that I'm dumb for thinking that, and so, like, I mean, did you experience that when you were younger? Did you get blessed? I know people get blessed and they have parents who, or, or people that raise them or around them that give them you know affirmations along their path and I didn't get lucky enough to get that many affirmations at the early of my life I had to prove myself first mm. and then the affirmations came but they weren't really there intrinsically they were mm. you know they were only there after you showed enough mm. capability I guess uh, how was your experience with that like believing in well, yourself <clears throat> as the most basic level believing in yourself I guess I don't know. We, I was raised in a neighborhood in my hometown where there were only like four or five black families and all the rest of the neighborhood were 
primarily white, and this was back before we could ride the bus to school and all that sort of thing. So we were friendly with all the kids and got along with all our neighbors for the most part. Uh, uh, but we spent a whole lot of time at home with just the family. And it was, you know, mom, dad, and granddad, and uh, the six of us kids. And it was mostly, you know, get off school, come home, do your homework, go out and play, come home, eat, and go to bed. <laughs> uh, but my, my family were, they weren't, they weren't into, uh, they made sure we went to church every Sunday, but they weren't into religion more than making sure we went to church okay. and we said our blessing, mm -hmm. but they taught us that we were, we could do anything that we chose, uh, you know, That's uh, wonderful. that, uh, you know, there was a lot of emphasis on studying after school every day to, to keep the grades up. Yeah. And uh, you can, you can, you can, you know, uh, but as far as teaching us affirmations and stuff like that, you know, it was just, uh, it's just their, their way of, I guess, teaching us that we could do whatever we want if we put, the put work. in the, the work and the study and yeah, yeah. yeah. I never cool. really thought about uh, <laughs> affirmations until I was like. I was just about to ask you, yeah, when did that come into your <laughs> life? Like affirmations or even like prayers or blessings in, in, your, in, the, in your own practice, right? What prayer means for your own practice. It doesn't look the same for everybody. Well, when I was younger, up until I was in my probably Twenties, uh, I prayed like everybody else. You know, you get down on your knees and you pray to God in Jesus' name, and uh, when you need something, pretty much, or, <laughs> or thank you. Yeah. You know, but mm -hmm. uh, like I said, it was, it was more Same. more of a this is what you do because this is what you're taught. Yeah. Uh, than really believing that. Uh, there was somebody up in the sky that uh, was watching me all the time to see if I was going to be good or if I was going to be bad, like Santa Claus yeah. or something. Uh, but uh, I was always interested in looking at different types of religious teachings. Like uh, I read a lot of books that had to do with Eastern uh, religion and cool. philosophy and Native American uh, and I bumped into some Africans and I was interested in finding I think I always had this deep desire to know the deeper truths uh, because I, I wasn't able to get answers to really deep questions uh, about uh, well I'll give you an example mm -hmm. uh, I remember asking my, my uh, pastor at one point in time, sh sharing the idea that a lot of this stuff just didn't make sense if God is love. For instance, uh, he told me, or in response to a question, I said, you mean if I were able to live my whole life and do all the good I knew to do and uh, was always uh, giving my best and not breaking any of the laws, I said if a person could do that, could they go to heaven uh, or, you know, be pleasing in the eyes of, 
of God. Mm -hmm. And he said, no. Actually, there's not really anything a man can do because Adam sinned and and therefore sin came upon all mankind. And to me, that just didn't resonate as something that, you know, that love would do to be unable to forgive and and questions like that. You yeah. Know? So I had many questions and I wasn't getting a lot of answers. When you were younger and you still yeah, searched yeah, for it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of times it was like, well, we're not supposed to know that. You're not supposed to ask that. Right, uh, those get answered. Yeah, and... Uh, kind of drove me to look elsewhere to see what other philosophies and other religious teachings were about, you know, and you had that desire to know, like you really just you you know, you like I felt like your soul was like uh, magnetized, you know, attracted to those to different, you know, studies of religion, spirituality or God because there was that desire to know. I had a deep burning desire to know what was true and what was not because I had a lot of guilt in my life when I would mm. try to always try to do what's right, but then find myself falling short and doing the same thing, you know, two weeks later or three months later that I'd done before, you know, nothing big, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, it just didn't make sense to me that uh, there wasn't any, I don't even know what, I don't even want to go there. It was like, <laughs> but it caused me to, to look elsewhere to find the answers because I wasn't getting them from from, from my church. Yeah, yeah mainstream church. Yeah. Okay. You know what you made me think of just now? You said, I wanted to know what was true or was false. You have a poem in here that it's one of my favorites. So this is Bernard's book that I'm looking at. It's called... Medio, medio? Mediocratic metaphysics. My story of oneness. My story of oneness, yeah. Myth of the mask for advanced seekers. Myth of the mask for advanced seekers. <laughs> <laughs> when I read that, I was like, oh no, I need to know this guy. I was like, who is he? Yeah, well. But, um, yeah, actually, it's God Begets. It's this, I would love to read this poem eventually, but first we can talk. So like knowing truth from false, right? When I first started to understand the world around me and the world inside of me, I was really intrigued by lifting the veil. You know, you, we've all heard that term in, you know, uh, in our spiritual beliefs, our spiritual texts. I feel like it's, it's a lot right now in social media, seeing behind the veil, lifting the veil. I was very obsessed with that thought what does it mean to peek behind the veil to lift up the veil and see what is really there and i feel like that right here myth of the mask right it's like looking behind the mask the veil the mask the curtain mm -hmm. you know seeing backstage from the show mm -hmm. um it always really intrigued me and uh, i'll ask you a question but i can answer first so you can have some time to think about it like what did that look like for you? What is that, you know, and, and it's such a hard question because obviously we're writers and I feel like we write journals worth of this question. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like what yeah, is yeah. behind the veil? What does that mean? Yes. So, I mean, we can get into that conversation now, right? Like what did that, what did that look like for you? What does that mean to get, to get behind the veil? And like I said, I can answer that first for me when I started to first see behind my veil it was first surrounding my personality 
and like my, my soul, you know, my ego and my soul, uh, you know, Leslie, who is Leslie, who I know Leslie to be today. And I was just very intrigued by the Leslie the show versus Leslie behind the scenes when the lights go off. So it, it for me, it was for it, it brought first introspection of self. Mm-hmm. It was like, when do I let I see behind my veil? Who am I when no one's around? We had a couple episodes ago called sitting in silence, right? Like, who am I when no one's around when there's no noise? Like, what, you know, who, who am I? Who am I there? And, uh, and then, yeah, after introspection of self came, you know, I, I looked outward to the world kind of like when we're not all, you know, moving along with the the pace of society today or the pace of 24-hour clock, you know, the pace of 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3 p.m., when we're not doing that, when we peak up, like, who who are we at our bones, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what is going on behind everything? Mm-hmm. For me, first, too, I was in, like, college, so, like, I got annoyed by all this, like, professionalism that I saw and this, you know, eagerness to, to, to seem uh, perfect and without flaw and then the lifting of the veil came into my life so I was really trying to you know I was really seeking like you know like uh, us stopping stop faking that we're these perfect beings and that we're logical and, and we know and we have truth and and really be the chaotic messes that we are that's where I came from when I was I was young I was I mean I'm still young I was young and I was just like I need to rip this fake stuff off the suits off I need to rip the smile off my face I need to rip the straightener out of my hair, the makeup up, you know what I'm saying? And like be as bare as possible because I felt like that was real and raw. And it just hasn't been, it just wasn't presented to me in such a long time. So that, that's what, that's where I first got into it. It sounds like you had a deep desire to know and be who you really truly are, taking off the mask of what people, Expected you to do and yeah. expected you the way they spoke to you to act. It's like that to me is what's coming from your core. I mean, yeah. that in a way resonates with my experience of needing to know a deeper truth than than I was getting in the places that I was looking for it. And it, it uh, yeah, I like that. Mm. So. Yeah. Well, my take on the mask, mm-hmm. like, uh, as I said, I've studied a lot of like different safe. types of uh, religions, shamanisms, uh, spiritualisms from different races in different countries, and they, they all point to the fact that there is one, if you will, supreme being, and it's generally the main aspect of it is, is that it's creative, and it, it creates everything, and that it created us, and it created all of nature, uh, and everyone has their own concept what that means here in the West, uh, but here's a story that I I heard from the East 
that kind of shows what the way I feel about it. And it goes like this. In this story, uh, this is before creation, of course, there's, there's nothing, there's no earth, there's, there's, there's nothing, there's just that which can't be named, which we'll call source or creator. Or eternal. The eternal being, uh, or God. Uh, and since there are no things, nothing's been created, it is all there is. And being all that is, it knows everything, because it's being everything, and it is everything. And so it's kind of told sort of in a metaphoric sort of a way, uh, sort of a comical way, as if God has a sense of humor and is not always also serious. And so this <laughs> being decides perfection is all that I am. I'm bored with this perfection. I want to experience imperfection. So what does he do? He creates a place where there's both good and bad, or so said, duality, a place where just like a coin has two sides, in order to be whole, he creates a place of duality where you have just as much positive as negative, and you have choice, and then he pretends, since he created this out of himself, he pretends that he is no longer a source, and he's a being in the story, so that he can have the experience of what it would be like not to be all perfection. The thing about it is, he likes it, he enjoys it, mm -hmm. and over time he begins to forget that he is this everlasting, eternal love, and because he's in a place where you can experience all sorts of things, pain, pleasure, good, bad, uh, he's sort of lost. Now, I'm not saying that that eternal all that is is lost by any means, <laughs> but since everything he created came out of him or arose out of his being, all the plants, all the animals, all the mountains, uh, like quantum physics is now just, there's a guy that just got the Nobel Prize uh, for physics, and he has shown that uh, everything in the physical universe is connected. Uh, on the subatomic level, and he proved it. He's, he's proven it mathematically. Yeah, mathematically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, math, math, mathematically. Uh, wow. He's all over YouTube now because okay. you know this was something that uh, they they thought never could be done. But he's 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 shown he's shown it and proven it mathematically. Yeah. And he got the Nobel Prize. I didn't know that. that. Everyone and everything is connected. Right. And therefore. On some level, we are all one vibrating that appears as the physical universe. So anyway. Uh, the being is not lost. The eternal being is not lost. He's just forgotten who he is. He's forgotten who he is. Temporarily. Yeah. And that was quite a challenge to 
step into a realm where he would be able to forget who he is, mm -hmm. all powerful, all mercy, all loving, all healing, and then experience all the rest of this stuff. And so, in essence, his journey is the journey to find his way back or to awaken because it's like he's dreaming. He's dreaming, mm. he's dreaming all this, so to speak, or, or it's an illusion, so to speak, or it's a Maya. They call it lots of things. It's a show. I've heard like the dance. It's a play. The dance of Shakespeare light. called it a play. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's uh, master poets, uh, mystics, uh, sh shamans. Uh, they all know about the world beyond this world. People who've had near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. People who have almost been killed or had some great trauma in their lives, mm -hmm. people who have done hallucinogens, all these people have... Me! I've <laughs> 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 experienced some, something beyond. I mean, I would say you too, Bernard. Well, like, uh, and you know, just by reading your poems, like the first, like I always bring this up, the first time I heard you read your poem, I could tell that you have been somewhere not on earth. And like, I mean, in the simplest term, like, I recognize you because I recognize me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like, those words don't come out of this earthly realm. They're, you know, like, I feel like those words, like, the words I write, and it was, it, it took a long for, it, it took a long time for me to even accept and to call myself a writer. People would be like, what do you do? Like, to even call myself a writer, a creative, a, you know, a, whatever like it it, it it took a while but like the words that sometimes come through me they're not from this material from world they're not from my mind they're from this chaotic vast void of nothingness and everything at the same time spirit some spirit so i feel like you you've been there do you well it's not like i go to another world right like we don't go there it, it, it's like let me explain it I would love this to whole this. physical universe is considered what they call the realm of time space uh, but there are deeper realms that go beyond time space that can only be ac accessed if you alter your consciousness you can alter your consciousness with hallucinatory drugs you can alter your consciousness also by slowing down your mind, stopping the thinking. I mean, you never can stop thinking, but if you can slow your mind down and go from a, one of those states, beta or alpha or whatever, to a, a different uh, vibration of consciousness in meditation, you are able to tap into these deeper, uh, these deeper realms, which anyone that's done it will say that it is more real than this physical reality and that's where that's where my poems come from i mean confession <laughs> <laughs> yes i have never sat down and said okay i'm going to write a poem about this or i'm going to write a poem about that i practiced meditation and was searching for deeper meaning and truth for so many years and then I, I met some, some a gentleman who helped me to learn how to, when I 
come immediately out of the meditation or mm-hmm. waking up from from dreaming, which is that that vibrational state again, and immediately beginning to write what I'm hearing in my head, and wow. that's where my poems come. Most they started coming. Uh, I would wake up almost to the minute at three o'clock in the morning, and I would have a phrase in my head, just three or four words, but I they keep repeating, and so I would get up and grab a pen, and I'd start writing, and it, if you notice my poems, they, they don't seem to start from anywhere. They just start. You know, okay. there's no... They don't uh, start, hard start, hard end. Yeah, yeah. So sure. I wake up, I write for about 10 minutes, and well, what wakes me up, I'm sweating, number one. <laughs> and I think I've just awakened from uh, some sort of a dream or, I don't know, somebody said maybe you travel outside your body. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. I wake up and I write about 10. And if I don't get up and write, I will lay there for an hour. But if I get up and write for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, sometimes only five minutes and the poem is complete, finished. I never change a poem. You never change a poem? Never change a word. And then I can go back to sleep. Yes. Yep. I made that commitment a long time ago. I said, this stuff is coming coming out of me, it's Raw, coming through me, whatever, pure. but I'm not going to, to uh, go back and say, oh, this is not right, this is not right, this is not right. So the, so the English yeah. is not always the best, and the way the sentence structure is not always the best, and it's the not. punctuation is not the best. It's but, not, but it's the best, po- but, like, it's the best poem ever. But it's, it's, it's what came, and, uh, and they all have meaning, so, you know, everyone that I know that reads them gets a different meaning, but... I get my meaning. <laughs> so anyway, I'm That's glad you so enjoyed it. You're yeah. welcome. Thank you for writing. So you said that like a long time ago, you made that commitment to like not change anything. Did you inc- like, did you think about it or did people who wanted to like publish your books, did they say something like we should change this around or you wanted to make it more relatable and you were like, no, like, uh, when I wrote my, let me say, uh, probably my 13th book. I mean, 13, I self-published, yeah. I, I self-published all my books, but I met this guy, at the Midtown Scholar, uh, almost uptown poetry cartel, and he. Marty? No, no, this is oh. a guy. He only came for about a year or so, but he said that he was going to publish anyone that wanted to be published. Oh wow! And uh, for for a fee, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I paid him. Uh, but then he brought my book back, and he had all these uh, changes he wanted to make, and uh, to make it better and I said no I'm not changing anything so uh, I ended up not doing it wow. but the reason I don't like change anything it's like for me it's like there's a purity about what it's saying yeah. and for me to change the sentence structure or any of that can change the meaning slightly and I don't want to do that because it's a gift that came through me. Uh, and I've only self-published, so I you know, I really haven't yeah. sold a lot, but I enjoy doing it. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm happy you did that for yourself because I know some poems that I write, you know, like I'll get pressured. My, my own mind will, you know, convince itself that it needs work or it needs to change. Well, I went to the poetry cartel been going for years and 
I know a lot of good poets and they've given me lots of recommendations and suggestions and have helped me to become a much better presenter of my poems. That is to say, in reading them. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've shared with me different techniques to make poem, poems and poetry better. Mm -hmm. And that works for them because they are the kind of poet that can take language and turn it around and, 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 and create a poem out of their minds. I don't create my poems. My poems come, they just come. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's why I don't want to change them because I don't sit down and make these things up. They just, they just come. So. That's so beautiful. Yeah. You're such a beautiful being. Uh, and we I, all are. We really are. Mm -hmm. I see you. And early, um, mm, so you said like, so you don't write this out of your mind no. and, and it, it comes right yes. and i know or we were talking earlier in the week and, and i only if I, when i wake up in the middle of the night or uh if i've been doing a lot of meditating and then i immediately write or if i'm in a a, a writer's retreat mm. and uh which the ones i go to they do a lot of meditating and chanting and then they give you a prompt and they say write and then I can immediately be in the right, and it just comes. Yeah. But I don't think stuff up. No logic. No. It is flowing through you. Yeah. Yeah. From creation, from the void, just coming up. And when we were talking earlier in the week, you said that you said that sometimes there's code, like they're coded, and so because they just come out of you, like sometimes you even have to like look back at your writing and make sense of it because it, it just comes out. It's not something that you thought of. So, and then that reminded me of Aristotle. He was like looking, a long time ago, I was like studying Aristotle. And it, it was his book and Aristotle would go around to people and asking them for, he was looking for like truth, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I think it was more like logic. This is my perspective. It was more like logic truth that he was looking for. And he would go to poets mm -hmm. and he would ask us, he would ask us, he said, you know, you wrote this beautiful poem about, about God or about the natural world, the universe. He said, explain it to me kind of thing. And then Aristotle had written down, like, even the poets did not know. And I feel like, no, of course we don't know with the brain. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, because our poems, like, some of mine I write down, some of mine come through me. And like those that those that I do not understand myself and that didn't come out of the mind, how could I know them with the mind if they not from the mind? Yeah. They came from the soul. They came from somewhere way beyond the mind. Mm -hmm. And so what you said reminded me of that. Like he went to the poets and even they did not know. But we we write of truths and we write of love. So for me, growing you know like being a young a young a new writer, it confused me. But I'm more understanding now that I'm writing mm -hmm. from the soul. Like some things I don't even ask yeah. me for. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even. It just came. I don't even know. Well, I'll tell you a little secret. Most of my poems were a mystery to me. I mean, I've read. Were a mystery over, to him. <laughs> read them over and over and over, and then this idea that they're in code didn't even come to me until a couple of years ago. Oh wow! Yeah. But you know, because I'm not educated writer, but. The more I've read them, 
and see the similarities and the themes that are so repetitive, I've come to understand that there's a surface meaning that you can read it and think about flowers and birds and the bees, and then there's a deeper meaning and each of these is a symbolic. It means, it means something uh, that's going on or could be going on inside your life or inside your consciousness. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's not, it's like two different poems. That's why I say they appear to me, I, I guess metaphor maybe is code or, uh, but that's that's the way they are. I mean, there's, it's a mix. It, so it's really hard for me. Each time I read one of my poems, when I go back and open another book and begin to read it, I see something a little bit different mm. and usually I can relate it to something that has happened in my life or is happening in my life right now or mm -hmm. that I can see happening in somebody else's life because they're archetypical arch arch type uh, themes in them. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. I love how, and you said that you go back to your poems and like every time you're just like, wow. Yeah. Like looking at new things, finding out new, you know, new, 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 uh, new ways to look at things and discovering new mm -hmm. uncoding different things yeah. that's beautiful that really like i think that's beautiful you know to go back to my writings to go back to your writings it's, i feel like it's a very intimate mm -hmm. to go back and yeah. see what came through you yeah it was you know it's not your words but it came through you you well, know that's what i've been saying for years it's beautiful people that i know have told me well what you're doing you're uh, channeling or they will say you are uh, automatic writing, downloading, and, uh, downloading, and all that uh, is new. Uh, something I'm not familiar familiar with, but I have done a lot of studying physics, and quantum physics says that everything that exists in this physical reality came from a not a place, but from a what they call a field of energy and information that is eternal and infinite and that when your vibration or your when when there's something about you that has a deep desire to find or access this realm uh, that you can and you can through meditation and you, you can through having a, a tremendous desire and searching and searching and searching and not accepting what you read in books or what you learn in school or what you get even in church. You have to s seek inside of you. One of the things this physicist that got the Nobel Prize said, he said, okay, all the information is in the quantum field in every photon this sounds ridiculous. He says, in every, in every proton, all the information in the universe is contained, which doesn't make sense in this realm. Mm -hmm. But he said, maybe the mystics knew what they were talking about when they said you have to go within if you want to know the deeper truths mm -hmm. because we're made up of protons, neutrons, electrons, and if information is embedded in energy and we are beings of energy, uh, and the mask that we wear is the, you know, the Greek word for persona or personality. 
is mask. Mm -hmm. Persona means the mask. So this personality, yeah. and some poems say that we put on this flesh, you know, this mortal flesh, whatever. Uh, it's like our costume. It's like our um, vehicle. Mm -hmm. But it's not truly who we really are. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, anyone that says, you know, I'm in love with him, why? Because of his hands? Because of his face? The way he looks? Yes. The way he... Folks! <laughs> 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 or, do you love him or her because of something that you can't really put your finger on? Something about them that makes you really feel good or mm -hmm. maybe because they're courageous which just has nothing to do with the body or mm -hmm. because they're... Spontaneous. Spontaneous. Silly. Or, yeah, these are aspects of human beings that you can't quantify and say it's in the body. Yeah. It's a part of their... I didn't see it. ...soul. You know, it's part of their spirit. It's, it's part of who they really are. It's not, it's not the mask. And most of us hide and really don't want anyone to really see who we really are. Because they, they'll say you're silly or they'll say you're... We got traumatized in the past. We got bullied. We got told that we were less than. And, you know, then we put on this protective mechanism. We put on the mask and we said, okay, I'll hide my true self then so that I won't get bullied or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And it really is up to us throughout our lives, I feel like, to get back to us, to remember. To remember who we, yeah. Who we truly are. To remember yeah. our truest selves. Yeah. Um, That's when you're free. Oh man! Free. People don't like you when you're too free, though, because you're like allowed to say anything, do anything. Mm -hmm. But you're free. I created my own talk show. I created my own business because I didn't like I cuss on this thing, and I don't have anybody to tell me not to because <laughs> I want to do what I want to do. You know, like I've always been like that. I didn't like people telling me what to do. And and when I found my truest self, and as I'm still finding my truest self every day, and figure and discovering new parts of me. You know, like feeling safe enough and feeling uh, affirmed enough to express it. Mm -hmm. It just feels like you can't be held back in the most beautifulest way. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can't be held back. I was going to ask you a good question and then I got lost. But, um, oh man, what was it? It'll come to you. It'll come to me. <laughs> yeah. Everything you said is so well done. It's so well said. Um, so in the meantime, until that question comes to me, which hopefully it does, I don't want to go directly to this. Flowing, flowing. So before we go to the decoding of this, this is my favorite poem of is all it? the books. It's called God Begets. Oh, okay. And I wanted to ask you to decode uh, maybe a sentence or two, or we could read I'll it try. all. Right, or we could <laughs> we could read it all to like you could read it out loud. Um, but before I get into this, like how when you first started to to download to go into this this deeper realm and and pick and and let the words come to you to to write what you write. How long before you like looked at the words and you were confident in them, or like did you ever hide them? Were you ever just confused? I mean, of course, confusion comes, I guess. Well, the first couple of books that I actually 
had somebody format and put together, I I did not share them with anybody for a, quite a while. Wow, uh, years? Uh, maybe a year. Okay. Because it was like a lot of them are spiritually oriented, and they are they suggest that uh, your God doesn't get jealous that a that a God that is everywhere and all powerful has no reason to get jealous. In my opinion, you know, my poems talk about God as only being love, and that He doesn't hate us, and that He's all about that He, in the poem, suggests He doesn't forgive us because He doesn't condemn us. It's like our actions. It's like uh, there, there are universal laws that say if you reap what you sow or cause and effect mm -hmm. or you know it's Karma. like it's like the whole universe is set up so that whatever you do comes back to you or there's a, an equal and opposite reaction to every action in other words there are universal laws that take care of karma or cause and effect or mm -hmm. uh, you what you sow mm -hmm. and that in my poems, it says that it's like the prodigal son. It's like the father sees the son go out to explore the world and find out what's good and what's bad by doing all this stuff. But he doesn't judge. He doesn't condemn. Mm -hmm. And when the son is finally wakes up and says, this is not good for me, the father is just waiting. No Open arms. Yeah, there's no. Uh, it's, I like that that prodigal son story, which is in the theme is in a lot of my poems that there's the person that needs to forgive is is the person that's doing the act action for him to forgive himself because instead of asking to God for forgiveness. Well, he can do that too if he wants to, but if God is inside of him and God is outside of him and God is everywhere, mm -hmm. I mean, if God knows everything. Why? Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds a little silly, mm -mm. and I debated whether or not I should even share these <laughs> ideas in my head, but <laughs> if God is everywhere, he's in everything, and he knows everything, and he sees everything, I mean... <laughs> I, like, literally <laughs> agree with you. Why Why even ask for forgiveness? God already... God is it. Yeah. God, God saw it. God, God hear, heard it. This is God our journey. This is our play. So yeah. we, if we make mistakes, then we have to make amends to the people we hurt and to ourselves for hurting them because it's going to come back. It always, anyone that lives long enough knows whatever you do in life, it's coming back sooner mm -hmm. or later. A lot of people don't believe it. I mean, look at the shape the world's in. And... For, so first, I always like to say, you know, my God and the God I pray to isn't really, a, it's not defined by gender, it's not defined by human things, it doesn't have skin, it's not a person up there, you know, um, but um, a lot of people, you know, I've seen that, you know, would rather say, you know, ask for forgiveness from God, but then not apologize you know, like pray and pray and pray for forgiveness, but then not apologize to the actual human being that they hurt. You know, it's it's, it's kind of like that, putting every you know, and it's 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 removing our personal responsibility. I feel like from our day to day activities and from our from our actions and behaviors. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. 
if God is righteous, why should he forgive you? I mean, there's a verse that says hmm. uh, something about uh, you forgive your enemies if you want to be forgiven. You mm -hmm. know, you're supposed to forgive. If you want to be forgiven, then you should forgive your enemies. And that makes you responsible as opposed to saying, okay, I'm not going to forgive my enemy, but I want God to forgive me. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to get into religious things. Somebody <laughs> might come after me or something. <laughs> I can't help it, though, because it's, it, it deals with the spirit at the same time. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, to me, it's putting the good in a box where it shouldn't be. I like you know, that explanation. It, it take, takes our responsibility for being sons, so to speak. I mean, we're the ones responsible, in my opinion, for the good we do and the bad we do. Give ourselves when we do bad if we expect to be uh, forgiven god already forgave though for me in my perspective perspectives podcast god already forgave me the second before i even did it you know what i'm saying like because god is love god is me god is you know so for me it's like yeah you know all of that so you pray i pray i you go do with prayers. him I, I get you go with him how I, was your mode of praying yes that's the better question i mean i used to pray with words and then i got I believe that God, if you want to call it God, source, infinite intelligence, eternal, whatever, eternity, universe, that um, nothing gets by it. So, me sitting here and speaking words, which could be coming, which are coming from my mind, and they might be true and they might not. You ever pray for something one day and then the next day? God gives it to you, and then you go right back out and do it. Or you pray for something, and it don't come, and you say, God didn't bring it to me. It's like, it's like, uh, mm, okay. I don't, I don't want to blame something that's infinite, totally intelligent, totally wise for anything. My prayers are silent. It's like, okay, Father, I know you know everything that's in my mind, so... You know what to give me. You know what I desire. My prayer is thank you. Yeah. I mean, I have in my mind what I would like to see in life, and sometimes I ask because, you know, it's been doing it all my life, but I don't actually, um, I ask and then I do everything that I can do to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But my asking is is not so much anymore, oh, please help me to get this, or please help me to get that, because I believe mm -hmm. he's helping us all the time if we're helping ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. It's I wrote a short story about a place where there was no words, that the way you communicated was through shifts in the colors of your energy field. Wow. And I wrote a short story about it. It was like a three-sentence place. That's so, deep. Yeah. <laughs> you see how I say it, though? I'm just, like, yeah, but, nonchalant yeah, but about God, it. God can't be that smart, Kenny. Can you oh, shut up. I like that. Thank you. You're in tune with uh, the infinite, I would say. I'll call that being in tune with the infinite. That's how I see you. I reflect, I'm a reflection of you. Unfortunately, I, I can't hold it. <laughs> but I try. <laughs> so, and I, I wrote of a place like that because it just didn't, some, like I, I was at one point, I think I was like 19 years old. 
and or maybe even no, I was nineteen. I was definitely nineteen, maybe even eighteen. And words were just confusing the hell out of me. Like people wanted to, you know, I was in college, so once again, this rebel out of me. I was just all these professional words they wanted me to use and how to conceptualize your thoughts. And I was like, and at one point I snapped and I was like, you want me to put my feelings into words? <laughs> like what the hell? How the fuck am I gonna find these oh, words? You know, like it, it, it was a, yeah. it was like a very big yeah. awakening for me. I was just like, I don't think words can describe this yeah. wild force and this wild woman. Like I don't <laughs> think words can do that. So I completely know what you mean. Sometimes you yeah. know, just praying and in silence and just you know, empty, yeah. empty, ready to be filled. Yeah. You know, not pouring, empty. And ready to be filled. Wow, you're amazing. I'm not completely crazy then. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, uh, if you're crazy, then whew, someone come and get us, cause sure, sure, yeah, sure. Well, we sure sound like it to some people. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> but I'm free. You know, it's like yeah. I I believe that you know they say God is love. Okay, well, love to me, love does not go around judging. You know, like. If you love your kids, no matter what they do, you love your kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. that's love. I, I believe that that the love of what you call God is um, unconditional. Unconditional. In other love. words, you can't buy it. You mm -hmm. can't buy it by being nice. You can't buy it by being good. By you can't buy it by deed. giving money. Uh, you know, if, if if it's real love. You ain't got nothing to worry about. And you know, I, and even in in, in in loving humans, I've been inquiring within myself, like, what does that mean to truly love without conditions, uh, expectations, words, without without meaning, just to love in general? Oh my God, this is perfect. The other day I was in the the other day I was in my car and I had um I had a download I had a just some wisdom come out of me and it goes have you ever loved without having someone or something to point it at can you experience love without someone or something receiving it what does it mean to love not someone or something but just to love and you know we we've i've practiced yoga and meditation and I, I've written a lot and I've done a lot of introspection to the point where you know I've gotten slivers of that you wake up one morning and you're just in love and it's not one thing you're looking at or one thing you're grateful for but it's just a, an overwhelming feeling of gratitude and, and love essentially an overwhelming feeling of love and and you want to give it to everything but even if those things weren't there, mm -hmm. I would still feel love. So mm -hmm. really, what is it to love? Mm -hmm. You know, not to love something or someone, but just to love. That's a deep question to ask. <laughs> I would make it short. The only thing I know that could compare, like you were saying, language cannot really yeah. come up, up to power for this sort of deep stuff. These questions, yeah. But I would say... For me, love is when you are willing to just allow. Mm -hmm. It's like in the beginning, God said, let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that. And it was there. It was like allow. To, uh, to allow another human being 
to be who they are yeah. without your judgment, without your telling them what they should or should not be doing. That's love. To be contented with where you are at home, whether your refrigerator is half empty or full, to be in gratitude for just what is. To allow the day, to allow life to be what it is without yeah. expectation. So I wake yes. up today, something happens, allow it to happen. Be yes. fully in, in love and allow. I, I like that. That was yeah. fast. Yeah. Oh, well, fast. <laughs> I, I picked up off of you. <laughs> that was beautiful. We're in the field together. <laughs> that's so beautiful. Quantum field. Yeah, that's that. Quantum, literally. Spirit. It's Wow. They say whenever two or more people are joined together in a spirit of of love or uh, whatever, that there's a third mm. Holy Ghost or whatever comes mm -hmm. through. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I felt that. I felt that. We yeah. we felt slivers of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we could carry it on. Yeah. For a couple of times, I was sitting here looking. I said, "Uh oh, she just." Went there. <laughs> That's it talking now. And then we pass it back. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, beautiful. I'm blessed. So uh, we are going on a 15, on a 10 minute intermission. So this is starting to happen because we get kicked off at an hour, but we have a five to 10 minute intermission. And when we come back, Instagram specifically, I would love for you to read this poem to us. Oh, okay. Well, All right. We'll be back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll be back in 10 minutes, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. And today on Perspectives Podcast, we are drinking the Love, Sex, and Magic Tea from Her Esteem, a local womb wellness uh, company owned all by women. We are once again drinking Love, Sex, and Magic from Her Esteem. Thank you. And we're on air with part two from Perspectives Podcast today with Bernard Ballard. Thank you again. Thank you. <laughs> for blessing us. You're welcome. Um, so like I said, we are going to listen to uh, one of Bernard's poems. The poem is called... God Begets. God Begets. And it's from... Do you want to show the front uh, of the book? It's from Mediocratic Metaphysics. Yes. The Story of Life. Um, what is it? Myth of the Mask. For advanced seekers. Love it. Okay, cool. Thank you once again for sharing this on camera with us. This is one of my favorite poems. It's also one of the poems that I read and I was like, oh no. I've I've heard and I've been I honestly when I first heard this poem, I and I, I describe it as going somewhere. This just from my perspective, I, I always do. And when I read that poem, I was like, I've been to where he's talking about. Like he's describing a place I've been to and I just, you know, started my obsession with your poems. <laughs> with your poetry. Okay. So thank you for sharing with us. Yeah. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Uh, I haven't read this for a while, so bear with me. Hopefully <clears throat> we can hear. Yeah, we can just a little louder because there's noise. God begets. Why children play? Now that's the question that I once put to myself to see if I would say a thing that I could claim and not explain the knowledge that I have become. I came into this place before I realized that it is me or made the choice that lost the key to knowing who I truly am, to being who, what, why, and when. It was my choice to stay around. I could have left being the clown 
the one who lost his way and yet had made the bet that some say whit him out of mind of sanity him into space and time to see what could be had though it is mad to live a life inside a place where everything you think believe when all that is is inside ye why all the tales you dreamed about where time and space could turn about the way you never thought they would inside this fantasy you thought up in your mind a sleeping tale of Goldilocks and bears the tale the truth from lies and lies that truth can never be found except in youth the time when innocence prevails those times when thinking is assailed replaced by knowing what is real and truth was seen with pure esteem to be the only thing that is not foolishness and costly so I opened up the middle eye I closed the two that were the lie I understood and know I could do anything I choose to do say any way I want to be see anywhere I chance to think and know it will become yes I am that diamond in the sky that cast those shadows just for show who makes the Milky Way obey the chance thought that must not delay but come to be to light the night that is as bright as any sight you dreamed and thought reality you dreamed and bound it all on me the one you claim lives in the sky the one you claim can hate and die the one you worship as a god and yet won't believe he could yet make man as perfect as himself make woman who deserves the best to stand as equals and begin her children who know be and yet are never about to stand up like gods on high who don't beget anything bad anything sad but are the whole of love bestowed to all that's real and true and seen that ought to tell you it's your dream all of this stuff that you believe can't come from gods who have achieved the way of love and peace and joy for that is what we are before the dream the opposite of that to see if well if it's a fact that we can waken from this dream and know just laughter saves the day <laughs> thank you so much oh i that's didn't do very well but i did my best that, no that was that's that was great thanks do you mind if we look at like a couple of lines together oh yeah do you have any that you want to that were your favorite uh, mine's no. is the goldilocks one i have no it's because it reminds me of child oh the youth one uh the truth from Yes. Lies and lies that truth can never be found except in youth. Except in youth. Let's that that those two lines. So can we read it out loud again? The truth from lies and, and lies, lies that truth can never be found except in youth. So what do, what does that mean to you? Just now looking back at it, I mean I feel like Well, youth is a time of innocence and trusting and believing and uh, and welcoming all things in life. And as we grow up, 
we lose our innocence. We form opinions. We don't trust anymore like we used to. And it, it's a corrupting effect on us when we lose our innocence, which is really what opens us to the higher and deeper truths of life, I think. Yeah. You know, because you don't, if you don't trust, if you don't trust your own inner gut and your own intuition when you feel something is okay and somebody is telling you something else uh, that's written down in a book, you know, I mean, to me, that's really deep. I mean, when I was, for instance, in the church, and I felt like I was a child of God. I felt like I was a good person, and yet a little white lie, uh, a little slip of the tongue, uh, a glance at the wrong person or place, and I'm a sinner, mm. and I'm corrupt, and I'm, you know, God doesn't like me and God is going to punish me and I'm going to hell. It just didn't feel right. So when you're, when you're believing in your innocence and your youth and trusting in your own inner being, that's what, that's what I mean by you have these qualities in youth mm -hmm. that you don't, you don't, that most people don't have once they grow up because they're, they've been taught. They've been taught, told differently, yeah, broken, broken, you know, broken down. You know, just because of your sexual preference or orientation, you're told that you're less than a person. Well, there was a time in this country when all black people were only three-fifths of a person. They weren't even hu considered human, and Native Americans weren't considered human beings. This, these, are, these were laws. This was a religion. You know, so it's like I'm saying trust your gut, trust your inner knowing, not to put down our past so much. I mean, I hate bringing stuff like that up, but it, it's stuff like that that helped me to see a different way to see that you can't always believe what's written in books, taught in schools, or even in, you know, anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> I go on and on. I need to stop. No, that's okay. We accept it and like it here. Thank you. And even in, um, in the Bible, it says, Thou shalt not be accepted into my kingdom until uh, thy be like children. Yeah, a little child shall lead them. Yeah. There's a little excerpt like that, and yeah. and it is that that innocence, that pureness, that yeah. the the closeness to that that not. I like to describe it as looking at life with the novel eye. Through you know through our novel eyes, do we do we just wake up and we're excited by life? Yeah, and we're excited to see what the day comes, and we're just happy and joyful, and and we're loud and obnoxious for no reason. We're just yeah. excited. Yeah. And, you know, when I was young, I was told I was annoying. I was told I was too loud, et cetera. Hmm. And, right, annoying. And and then, you know, that made me lose that, that innocent, you know, and, and, and joyous view of life. And mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I was able to surpass that mm -hmm. and return to my, my truth. Yeah, well, you, you let them put you in a box. You're going to be a, a, a part of the crowd, the in crowd, the... the Cooley bops, but you lose your individuality and you, mm -hmm. your your, your uh, ability to be free and be who you really are, and that's probably a lot more powerful than going with the with the in crowd. 
yeah, way more powerful. And I mean, if we came down here to be unique, to be special, why try to be like anybody else? We came down here, you know, uniquely and different, different yeah. as fuck from everybody else. Yeah. Then why not yeah. be that differentness, you know? Yeah. And people love, you know, when you're young to bully people and oh, you, you look different, you act different, you speak different. Mm-hmm. And I literally wake up every day so grateful that I didn't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't stop going after that that desire inside of me mm-hmm. to go to 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 feel different things and to see experience different things because a lot of people aren't that fortunate mm-hmm. you know to to have to have kept going and kept following that that little voice in the head in their head or that little mm-hmm. desire that little fire at the end of the night yeah that's still know. small voice Huh? It's that still small voice. That still small voice. That's what they call it in the Bible, you know. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, still small voice. So analogous to uh, stillness and silence, you know, that you where you go when you meditate, you go into, you go out of the busy, loud uh, aspect of the ego, and you go into the quiet, soft, gentle, aware and awakefulness of silence and stillness is, is like going into the quantum field you know into the beta or that, uh, that other vibration that's that uh, I don't know it but I've heard about it yeah I get it mixed up I, <laughs> <laughs> we've been there <laughs> I felt it <laughs> yeah. and that's again like the label of it does it really matter you know the label and I've, I've been there I've heard it I've, yeah. I've felt it I've, I've floated there before yeah. just not knowing you know the words yeah, then the you're definition. it, really. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, before words, before sounds, before motion, Yeah. no sound, you have silence. That's, and then, that is birth Ellis. Before motion and movement and things, there's stillness. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the essence layer the closer the essence layer, the stiller you become, and the quieter you become, the closer you are to, and you know, in a sense, a child, I mean, they're rambunctious and, and loud, but they're also, uh, they're, in, they're innocent. They're, they're uh, not trying to put their views on other people. They're mm. open and they're receptive and they're, you know, as opposed to being controlling and, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Anyway. No, that's cool. Yeah. So there, I mean, and there's that duality, right? Being yeah, uh, rambunctious, like you said, yet being so empty with it as well. Yeah. That's the word that came. Mm. That's wonderful. Reading that poem again, how you how did how did it feel? Like did it did oh, you my. did you did it was something new that came up that you were just like wow like I. Uh something I didn't get uh, it's like uh, it's it goes back to something I said earlier the one who lost his way and yet had made the bet that some way wit him out of mind of sanity you know it's like you got to come out of your mind the thinking mind aspect of it and go to your intuitive uh, it says him out of mind of sanity him into space and time to see what could be had, though it is mad to live a life inside a place where everything you think, believe, when all that is, is inside ye. 
It's like we believe that the true reality is all this out here, but the deeper reality from which all this stuff comes, it comes from the human being who's created it all. So in, in, a, in a way, it all has come out, out of us in the first place. It's in, you know, every idea, every thought, everything that, that comes into the manifestation was an idea somewhere in the mind of man. And, you know, and yet he puts more importance on the things outside than, than what's inside. And you said, like, mad is it to think, to, to live in this world where all resides inside of you? Because it does seem mad to the masses. I know, you know, we have, even just saying, like, I believe that, you know, my future will be wonderful. People say, like, oh, you're optimistic. And it's like, I wouldn't say it's optimism. I would just say it's, I know, like, I know, like, I know, like, I believe, like, I feel. And, you know, I feel like we're so, and then that word pessimistic came up, and then that word realist also comes up. And it's just like, it's whatever you choose to believe, honestly. And people have labeled people, other people, you know, you're so childful thinking, you know, for, for believing in something that's inside of them or, you know. If you want to control somebody, put a label on them, make them believe it, and that's where the box they'll stay in. So if you want to put a label on yourself as being the things that they say you are, which is limiting, and you can't, or you, you know, you're unable, or you're less than, you just let somebody else's thoughts put you in a box when you could be saying what you're saying. I'm not limited. I can do. I can achieve. Mm -hmm. And now you're building that box. And that box is a lot more powerful than the I can't box. Because it's not even a box. And you can't be controlled because, you know, you, you can't be controlled if you're not in a box. Uh-huh. It's not even a box. It's not even a box. It's unlimited. Well, if it's, a, it's, if it's not limited, it can't be in a box. You can't because that's a limited yeah. like, dimension. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's very true. And, you know, I guess the reason why, you know, Delightful, the Perspectives podcast, our talk show became was you know because of this idea of there has to be more of you know people have to know this stuff people have to be you know to hear somebody say you know that god is inside of you like why isn't that widespread why don't why didn't i hear this when i was younger from that desire you know to to affect people younger mm -hmm. than me you know and hopefully bless somebody and change somebody's course for the better for, for for evolving and growth and, and healing purposes, you know, I wanted to create a platform for people to remember, remember this stuff. Because we knew it when we were younger, when, you know, except it, like youth. Intuitively. Intuitively, intuition, you know, we knew that life was good and that life was happy and joyous and, and full of love. We knew. We started to forget as, as, as life experiences came and they... They, they taught us things, they showed us things that were maybe a little bit ugly, and we just, we forgot, really. And our journey really is a journey towards remembering. I, I, I remember I said this to a friend, I was like finding out, he said, no, remembering, you already knew. It really is deep just down inside, deep yeah. down inside, you know? In, the, in, in those protons and neutrons where everything is programmed, you know, if you're looking at it through that mm -hmm. perspective, 
it's already here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> this is great tea, too. I'm glad. Good, right? We're drinking uh, Love, Sex, and Magic tea from her esteem. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you like it. Thank you. Um, you know, mm. I don't even want to call it a far out idea that I have that, that I am not separated from source. Mm -hmm. uh, when you study physics, if everything in this physical universe is connected, then it's connected. It's all connected because it's a part of this, of of the source and that's that's my opinion and the only real thing that I have against many organized religions is that they teach that we are some of them teach that we are separate from this source and or God whatever yeah and and if you're separate uh there's the idea that you must have done something wrong to become separate, and uh, then the idea of punishment comes in and judgment comes in, and anybody that know that's a psychologist or psychologist understands that when you start putting shame and blame into a person's consciousness when they're a child, it takes away from their self-esteem and it prevents them from growing into be a healthy, normal. person uh, healthy mentally healthy yeah 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 I mean uh, so so the idea so of that we're separate from source and then each of us is separate look at what the idea of separation in the human family has caused blacks are separated from whites and so there's well we know the problems that that causes uh, certain sexual uh, uh, Things that separate us. Labels. Labels. Because that's all they are. They're oh, that's labels. all they are. <laughs> you know, someone once said there's only one race, and it's the human race. Yeah. And this idea that you're different just because your skin is a different color or your nose is shaped a little bit different is, is a fallacy. I came across this book once on race, and it was all these, uh, over a number of years, they did these, uh, all kinds of, physical and psychological test on the genes of human beings of all the five races and they found that there is more difference in the gene pool inside of a single race than there are differences between the different ethnicities. Really? That, uh, I was shocked. Yeah. Yeah, by far. Wow. There's, there's, uh, they had had five children, black, white, uh, yellow, uh, five different races of, of, of people. They took uh, samples of their blood and they did DNA analyses on them and then they brought the results, the markers, and they gave them to the kids and they told them who, who they were and the children thought that the ones that were most similar to them was probably someone in their classroom of the same race, Makes sense. same co color, kind of hair, so forth and so on. Right. And to the contrary, uh, 
what it turns out that there was more difference in in same race than there were differences in the different yeah you know, it, it was a wow. I got it at the library it was talking about how the race card has been used throughout centuries to separate uh, us to, to divide us yeah. to make us forget yeah. who we truly are yeah. and where we come from if we remember that we're connected to everybody and that we're we're connection itself that we're connected to source that we're source itself that's the best way to to make somebody forget their truest and most powerful you know fire inside of them that's the best way that's the best way to control people you divide them and you conquer them mm-hmm. you divide if blacks and whites can't together we'll never have peace if the red and the yellow can't get together we'll never have peace right if the men and the women that one too that that, get, that know, gender labeling the only way to have peace is to realize that we are all the same we're all the same we're all the same and there's you know that us versus them narrative that our mind created it does so much harm yes it does it, it's well it's a brilliant scheme if you want to control people or if you want to control a society where the few have all and the many have little you have to keep them divided and separate and so you divide them in any way you can so that they don't come together <coughs> excuse me <laughs> love it and uh ooh, that, that, that tea's good <laughs> <laughs> anyway i uh, i didn't come here to talk <laughs> <Talk so much. laughs> I guess I did come That's why I did. Out. That's why I love when people talk. Oh this is you have the platform to why not? Yeah, well. You know, speak our our beautiful evolving ideas that aren't, you know, are are judgment free and are accepted on a podcast where we are asking for your perspective. And that's all we have. Mm. I believe we came here. I believe we came down here to have the experience. I believe as a spiritual being per se, uh that all human beings on this planet are actually conscious, our our consciousness itself. That we are all that consciousness that is everywhere present, as are all the plants and animals. Uh, you know, most ancient cultures, Indians, Native Americans, Aboriginals, they all know that there's spirit in everything, you know. They know that everything is alive, except for over here in the West, yeah, and we are all a part of this uh, vibrating field of energy that is manifest life. And uh, if we would just realize that and stop killing all the trees and killing all the fish and killing all the oceans and killing the human being thinks that he is the top. He thinks he's almost like God on earth as a human being, and he feels like everything on the planet is here to, to serve him, and we're destroying the planet. Just think of a, of a, a worldview where we're all one vibrating being, all here to live together and be together, you know, and uh, respect. I mean, animals eat plants. Plants go back to the soil. Animals kill animals, but they never kill more than they need to feed themselves. Not like humans, you know. It's a it, everything is set up in this universe to serve harmoniously itself, 
you know, unless you step out of, if you step out of love and then, and want to control, then the whole problem starts. And, and that, that can only happen if you believe that we're all separate and that there's, you know, one that's better and, and others are not. That better, lesser and better mm -hmm. is, uh, is, is another great separation tool. The easiest way to put it really is like if you knew that you were all one with the easiest way to put it is if you realize and you remember that you were one with everybody else and connected, then why would you want to hurt yourself? <laughs> there you go. Now uh, you by hurting you, yeah. I'm hurting me. Yeah. And it just sounds, you know, mad to some people. I know how we sound sometimes when I speak, but it, and, and then people, oh, you're optimistic or you're hopeful, wishful thinking, but it's like really if thought becomes thing, yeah. right? If thought becomes thing, then why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I then think of a world where we're all one together in love? Why wouldn't I think of it if thought becomes thing? Yeah. They don't want you to think that way. <laughs> but that's the only way, that, it's the only thing that can I see can save this world because this world right now is mad. And we have the atomic bombs and everything else to destroy the planet if we don't straighten out and start living in love. This planet is not going to make it <laughs> unless it's we not. start, wake up and realize She's that not. we're all here together. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to say sh she will. Got to think positive. Thank you. You know, uh, Thank you. it's like if Thank thoughts you. become things and things become the manifest world that we live in, then as soon as people stop living in fear, that's a, our only enemy is living in fear. Living in fear is the opposite of living in love. It is indeed. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry, I just have to move this a little stop bit. Stop living in fear. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I'm going to feel good when I go home tonight about <laughs> myself because yeah. I really don't share this... Uh, these ideas about who I am and why I'm here with very few people because uh, I don't like making waves and uh, I don't like upsetting people, but yeah. uh, this is who I am. I can share it with people who are waking up. Where's the camera again? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm so happy. Thank you, you for giving me the opportunity because this is a, a step for me, all right, you know, into coming out, so to speak. <laughs> I am that I am. <laughs> yes. I'm so happy and blessed to have. I'm so happy and blessed to have heard that. I heard you say that. And I know that you are nervous, you know, as everyone, as, as all of the guests are, you yeah. know, to speak freely about your opinion. And, yeah, and well. I'm, it's a really an honor and a pleasure to be able to give people the platform to be themselves fully and to speak and, and raw. I mean, the rawest of raw. How could you get raw? I don't, I don't edit any of my videos. Wow. You don't edit any of your poems, no. Bernard. I don't edit any of my talk shows my podcast I might you know edit out a blurb uh, yeah. that was maybe too much noise but I yeah. never like cut out anything because it was weird to say like this is the and the lives they go on straight up this is wow. the rawest you know it's purely from from our 
from our truth well that my phone is about to run out of battery so yeah it is telling oh. us but but so thank you yeah is there i mean you've already said uh, is there anything you know last minute a word or sentence or or quote that you want to leave with people before you before you get off i would say if you want to go deep and deeper and deeper meditate 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 even if it's only five minutes two or three times a day meditate 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 which means just basically go within that's all it basically means and then trust what you find and trust what you find trust what you find because you can find a bunch of things and then if you come out and you're just like oh that was just that was just my imagination that was just crazy Mm -hmm. it's like yeah but like it was there so (laughs) trust what you find and thank you meditate yeah Einstein said imagination is more powerful than knowledge he said that Einstein said no that idea. imagination is more powerful. It's the most powerful thing you have. I believe that's what we create this world. With Thoughts time. become things. We Thoughts are literally creating. That's yeah. wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. Love you. I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you everybody for watching uh, me dive deep into the mind of a mystic creative oh. with Perspectives <laughs> Podcast. I hope that our perspective changed and affected your perspective in any way for the better. Bless. Have a wonderful night. Namaste. Namaste. Ooh. Yay. I'm a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs>